Good morning to you, brothers and sisters in Christ. And after two months away from this place, welcome home. It's good to be back. And it's good to be able to start today something I'm very excited about called the Red Letter Challenge. It's a 40-day intergenerational, all-generational discipleship uh, experience, a journey that we go through in order that we may grow in our faith relationship with Jesus and experience more of what God intends us to experience as his followers. Matter of fact, it may move us out of our comfort zones at times, but you know that's where so many good things can happen. So I'd like to begin with this question for you. If I were to ask you, what do you think of Jesus? What words would you use to describe him how would you answer that? For me, I think of, first of all, love. The unfathomable, the unconditional love of the Savior who gave his all for you and me. That undeserved love that he shows us. And that leads me to think of the word grace, that he indeed gives us grace. Where do you find that today? You find it in Jesus. I think of the word joy, it's an absolute joy when you come to know who he is and what he has done for us and the fullness of life that he gives, the truth that he shares with us, that truth that can convict us, that truth that encourages us, that truth that equips us, that we may live our lives in freedom. If you ask most people what they think about Jesus, you'll get positive responses. However, let me ask you this, when you think of other Christians, what words would you use to describe other Christians? I bet that's a mixed bag, isn't it? There's some positives and there are some negatives. I mean, there are some people who, even though they are part of the family of God, you just like to avoid them a little bit. I one time told a brother in Christ, I said, I'm so glad that you're a Christian because I can't imagine how much you would irritate me if you weren't. Here's the question I really want to ask. What do you think the unchurched would say about Christians, about us, followers of Jesus? A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Mark shared a study that was done by two men, David Kinneman and Gabe Lyons, who spent three years posing the question, what is your perception of followers of Jesus Christ? And they literally touch base with millions of young people, and their answer really is quite shocking, at least to me. The answers were these. They see Jesus' followers as judgmental, hypocritical, divisive, bigoted, and boring. And I hear that, and I go, really? I mean, do I not take into account how those who are followers of Jesus reach out with compassion to the orphans, to the struggling, to feed the hungry, to bring help to those who face natural disasters like hurricanes and floods? And whether it seems fair or not, the reality is this negative, hostile characterization has stuck. And so we have to look at this, and first of all, let's be honest that we as Christians often can be difficult. We are sinners. We're broken people. There are times that we do not represent our Savior in a very clear way. 
And so we need to take a moment to just say, Lord, have mercy and forgive us. Because Jesus Christ and who he is is so different than what the world perceives us as his followers to be. So if Jesus is loving and kind and we're perceived to be judgmental, then we have somehow missed the mark, haven't we? We have fallen short. If Jesus is seen as being good and full of integrity and giving life to those around him, but we are seen as hypocrites, there's a, there's a great gap between the two. What is going on here? And I hope that what you'll say along with me is this. We cannot let this false characterization stand. It needs to be changed. And that's what the red letter challenge is all about. That's why it was birth. But how? How do we change this, this perception of followers of Jesus? How do we better represent Jesus? And by the way, that's a biblical concept. Second Corinthians 5 makes it clear that as believers in Jesus, baptized and redeemed, we are ambassadors for Christ. Did you know that? Whether you realize it or not, you are. You're a representative of the Savior where we're making an appeal to the world saying, be reconciled to God. So we are to represent Jesus. Let me say that differently. We are to represent Jesus to our neighbors, our coworkers, to our world. Represent Jesus. But how? How do we do that? What's the target that we're aiming for? And this is where the confusion can be. In 2004, the Olympics in Athens, there was a sharpshooter from the USA named Matthew Emmons. Now, he was far and away the best shooter in the world. And the only question as they went into this Olympics competition was not who's going to win the gold. Everybody knew he would win the gold medal, but who would come in with the silver and the bronze? Now, rifle shooters are trained to calm their body down and slow down their heartbeat. And what they do is between heartbeats, they will squeeze the trigger because... Gold medals are decided by millimeters. Well, Matt, Matthew calmed his body. He aimed at the target. And by the way, as he came to the last round, all he had to do was hit the target. He was so far ahead. He just had to hit it anywhere. Calmed his body. Shot. Bullseye. 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 Three perfect bullseyes except the problem is he hit the wrong target now I want you to see the look on his face when he realized what had happened here he is look at that total shock couldn't believe that he had done this he hadn't cross-fired and shot the wrong target in years and yet here it was at the Olympics that he missed the target he got a zero for his shooting and he went from first place to eighth place he didn't even get a gold medal so why do I bring this up? Because I'm telling you, even the best sharpshooter in the world, even if he hits the bullseye, it doesn't really matter if you're shooting for the wrong target. Could we be shooting for the wrong target as followers of Jesus? 
It was D.L. Moody who said, as believers, we should not be afraid of failure, but we should be afraid of succeeding in the things that don't matter. So what is the target? What is it that we are to be aiming for? How do we represent Jesus? And here's the thing. What if Jesus has already told us? What if in his own words he has said to us, here are the targets that we as baptized children of God should aim for? And in fact, he has told us. That's the red letters, right, of the Bible. It's the words of Jesus. In the greatest sermon ever preached by Jesus, recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, chapters 5, 6, and 7, Jesus really unpacks for us what it looks like to be a follower of his, to be part of the kingdom of God. I love how it begins, and you're going to recognize these words because in the very first words, Jesus makes it very clear that this whole life in him begins with him. It's not our doing. It's not our efforts because here are the first words. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Did you hear that? That was revolutionary in that day where people thought it's by my effort, it's by my performance that I become part of God's kingdom. And Jesus said, no. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who realize that they are spiritually and morally bankrupt because they're the ones that are going to discover the gospel and good news that I am the one that gives them the kingdom by my grace and my forgiveness. And then at the end of his sermon, the words of Jesus, we heard read a little bit earlier, Jesus said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Think about that, built his house on the rock. So very two, very simple Two things that he brings to us. First of all, that we would hear what he says, hear his words. And the second thing is, put them into practice. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Hear his word, put them into practice. This is very important to Jesus because he said it in another place. It's Luke chapter 11, verse 28. He said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Or as we heard, just read a few moments ago from the epistle of James, the brother of Jesus. He said, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Simple to understand, but easy to miss. Because we could be shooting at the wrong target. You see, this is not a matter of just gaining more information. It's not a matter of just being smarter when it comes to the Bible, but it's really about putting it into practice. Let me use an illustration in my life from a number of years ago. My wife, Sue, often would go and speak at conferences and seminars, and there was a particular weekend after teaching all week, she was going to fly and go to another place and have a conference, and she wasn't going to get back till late Sunday night. And we were going to have overnight guests at our house showing up Monday afternoon, and we both had to work on Monday. So Sue was a little concerned that the house would be ready. So she wrote me this marvelous note. Would you please dust the house, vacuum the floors, wash the dishes, oh, and do the laundry, and don't put the color clothes with the white ones, all right? Keep those separate. And I had all these notes from Sue, and off she went to her conference. 
What if she came home late Sunday night and walked into the house and she noticed there's dust still in the house? There's dirty dishes in the sink. And then she notices that I didn't do any laundry over the weekend. And she would say to me, honey, did you read my notes? And what if I said to her, yes, dear, I did read your note. Man, it was a marvelous note. You know, you're a good writer. I really enjoyed your note. And I was so impressed with it. Do you know I invited some of my buddies over and I read the note to them and they were so impressed. Here's what we decided to do. We're going to have weekly note study. Yes, and we're going to do word studies of the words that are in there. As a matter of fact, did you know the root meaning of the word vacuum means to draw or take in by suction? Isn't that amazing? And honey, we're going to memorize portions of your note. It's amazing. Do you think she'd be happy with that? She'd probably look at me and say, but what did you do with the note? You see... Christianity is not a matter of just learning more information. It's about implementing, putting into action what Jesus said. We are being invited by Jesus to be disciples. A disciple is one who learns by experience. And there's no greater privilege than to be a follower of Jesus. What a great opportunity. And so that's what we're looking at for this 40-day red-letter challenge. Now, there are going to be five different targets that we're going to look at that come from the, the mouth of Jesus. These are his words. And so let me look at these five targets. First of all, there is being, our being. And I love this, that we begin not with what we do, but with who we are. Now, let me give you an insight. Did you know that who you are doesn't begin with you? Who you are begins with God. And we learn that if we spend time with Jesus, that he will speak to us and work in our lives through the power of his word, that we'll encounter him in his word so that it begins to change us, not just inform us, but transform us. And then we're going to look at forgiving. Forgiving is a marvelous thing that we would learn about God's forgiveness for us and how we can forgive ourselves and forgive others and walking in this forgiveness that we enter into this whole new understanding of our, of our relationship with God. And knowing that we're forgiven, this leads us to want to express that love to others. And so we can do that through serving. Did you know serving is just merely practical ways to express love to those around us? And so we'll learn about serving and that God has called us to do that, that we can love others in that way. And then we'll learn about giving. Now, do you know the number one topic Jesus talked about was the kingdom of God, but the second topic he talked about more than any other was money. And so we're going to learn that as followers of Jesus, as Christians, you really can't be stingy. You learn to live a life of generosity. And then we'll talk about going. And it's no coincidence that in the, in the scriptures, it's the last words that Jesus spoke over and over to his disciples where he said, I want you now to go and tell everybody that you run into about my love for them, what I have done for them. And so we become his mouthpiece. So we're going to look at being, forgiving, serving, giving, and going. And as we do that, there's three component parts to this whole red letter challenge that will make it very impactful for you and for me. 
First of all, it's worship where you hear a message on one of these topics. And so that's part of the experience. Now, if you can't make it to worship, you go online. You can still hear the message. And then there's reading, that you'll be reading through a book. And those books are available today. You heard about that. It's called the Red Letter Challenge. And five days of the week, during the weekdays, you have a reading. It's very short. It's very simple. And so just pick up your book. You can give that donation. That'd be appreciated. But if not, you need to have the book. And you read through it. It's got scriptures in here. Also, when you leave today, you're going to get a card that has a quote of Jesus And we're encouraging you to memorize this. That way you have access to the words of Jesus all the time. It's always there. So there's a wonderful card that I would say, memorize that Bible verse. It'll be a blessing to you. And then we'll connect in small groups. And that's where it really becomes something that permeates our life as we discuss, as we encourage each other. And so there are 20 different settings where you can be part of a small group whether on campus, off campus. And by the way, this is for all generations. Our children will do this in our Sunday school time. Our youth will be doing this. Our school will have the students involved in the red letter challenge over these next 40 days. And so you'll find groups such as uh, parents of small children. There's a young adults group. There's all kinds of groups on campus, off campus that you can be part of in order to experience what life can be like when you put the words of Jesus into practice. What an amazing experience this will be. Now, I want to tell you that I'm not the travel agent here that's just going to give you the brochures and say, okay, have a good trip. I'm more like a tour guide because I'm taking this journey as well. And I'm looking forward to the reading. I'm looking forward to being with my small group. There's just two things, though, that I would say to you. As you begin this journey, and I hope every one of you do, because my whole goal today is to motivate you and encourage you to take part in this 40-day challenge. But there's two things necessary. Number one, invite Jesus into your challenge. Nobody does the words of Jesus better than Jesus, so don't try to do it without him. Invite him in. As a baptized, redeemed child of God, ask him to come in and be with you and to work in your life in a powerful way because he will work in you and bless you richly. The second thing I encourage you to do is invite others to come along with you in your red letter challenge, and that's where the small group comes in. Don't try to do this by yourself. Have you ever tried to make a commitment to change your life and not tell anybody? How did that go? I mean, can you imagine somebody saying, okay, I'm going to diet, I'm going to eat right, I'm going to lose weight, and you never tell anybody. Yeah, tell me the outcome of that one, would you? No, we need to have others. When we fall, they lift us up. We can encourage them and cheer them on, and they do that for us. So do this with others. And watch what God will do as you put the words of Christ into practice, as you get all the strength and support from Jesus and the support from others. So how about it? Ready to begin a journey? I hope you will. Let's bow our heads. Lord, even as we gather here today, I know what the danger is for every single one of us, that we can be hearers of the word but then we do not put them into practice. 
And Lord, help us today to realize more what a disaster that would be. Not only for us and our life, where the storms of life perhaps would bring down the house that we have built, but it would also be, Lord, detrimental to our witness and our influence to those around us who do not know you. So here's my prayer, that each of us would humbly hear your invitation to follow you, to hear your words during this 40-day red-letter challenge, and that we would put them into practice. Lord, we pray that you would guide us and lead us to that end, to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name, amen.